Thank you, Brother Jack. Good morning, uh, brothers, sisters, friends of the truth at Clinton meeting. Uh, Brother Adam came up to me this morning and wanted to know if I was uh, all revved up. I didn't know that that was one of the requirements at the, <laughs> at the Clinton gathering to be all revved up. I'm I'm not all revved up, but uh, I do look forward to uh, presenting uh, this material that I've uh, put together. Uh, I'm also thankful that uh, that I can come to this unamended ecclesia and. Uh, Partake of these emblems with, uh, later, partake of the emblems remembering our elder brother Jesus Christ with all of you. <clears throat> Wishing and hoping. To wish. To want something or someone. Now this is going to be for everybody, not just for the young ones or the middle aged. It's going to also be for those of us that are elderly. And I don't see many elderly here, but except for me. Oh, there's one more back there. Almost <laughs> overlooked him. Oh, wish to want something. Or someone hope to believe what is wished for will happen. To wish for something or someone and to believe what is wished for will happen. Three things I want you to remember. Information, our age, and our health determines what we wish and hope for. Information, our age, and our health. Young women wish for that... Uh, special man who will love them more than anyone else. Young men wish for good jobs so they can have uh, fine cars, some like trucks, motorcycles, bass boats, shotguns, what about parents? What does parents wish for? They wish for healthy children, financial security, and good homes. Isn't it strange how, you know, how it changes from young men and women to, you know, to parents? Information, our age, and our, and our health. And what is the elderly? What 
What does the elderly wish for? Long life and good health. Let's turn to 2 Samuel chapter 23. <clears throat> King David wrote this. And he's elderly when he writes this. Now these be the last words of David. David the son of Jesse said, And the man who was raised up on high, the anointed of the God of Jacob, and the sweet psalmist of Israel said, The Spirit of the Lord spake by me, and his word was in my tongue. The God of Israel said, The rock of Israel spake to me, He that ruleth over men must be just, ruling in the fear of God. Now we know that many things about uh, that David spoke were about uh, his seed, who is to be the soon to be the king of this earth. And he shall be as the light of the morning when the sun rises, even a morning without clouds, as the tender grass springing out of the earth by clear shining after rain. Tender grass springing out of the earth. Uh, keep your finger right there because we're going to read that uh, verse 5. I have some spots in my uh, in my lawn, and some years ago I threw out some uh, winter grass. And uh, every winter, you see little tiny, and they're really, really green, little little tiny sprigs of grass coming up out of that ground. Uh, it's beautiful. It's been doing that for quite a few years now. As the tender grass springing out of the earth by clear shining after rain. Makes me think of the resurrection when Christ returns and calls those that are his in the grave. Now let's go on to verse 5. <clears throat> and this is David speaking. Although my house be not so with God... Yet he hath made with me an everlasting covenant ordered in all things and sure. For this is all my salvation and all my desire, although he make it not to grow. Now, he, they, King David stated these words many years ago. And he's in the grave right now. Let's turn back to chapter 7. Verse 12. 
And when thy days be fulfilled, and thou shalt sleep with thy fathers, I will set up thy seed after thee. This is talking about Jesus Christ, this seed, which shall proceed out of thy bowels, and I will establish his kingdom. He shall build a house for my name. And I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. David wanted to build a house for Yahweh. Verse 14. I will be his father and he shall be my son. If he commit iniquity, I will chasten him with the rod of men and with the stripes of the children of men. But my mercy shall not depart away from him as I took it from Saul whom I put away before thee. And thine house and thy kingdom shall be established forever before thee. Thy throne shall be established forever according to all these words and according to all this vision so did Nathan the prophet speak unto David. There's going to be a a kingdom set up, and there's going to be a temple there, and David is going to actually see that seed of his who will be the king of that kingdom. Now, let's go back to the wishing and hoping. The wishing and hoping. Now, I know all of you wish for certain things. Will a knowledge of God's plan and purpose determine what we wish and hope for? This promise in 2 Samuel chapter 7 was made many years before David died. Many years. Will a knowledge of God's plan and purpose determine what we wish and hope for? It should. It did for David. However, many times this knowledge is ignored. Broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, and narrow is the way that leadeth to life. And not only is it ignored by the non-coveted, sadly, sometimes by the coveted. Now let's turn to Hebrews 6. Hebrews chapter 6. Now, I'm glad that Brother Jack uh, had that Sunday school this morning. and I want you to remember as we look at these verses... I want you to remember. Uh, I want you to remember what uh, what Jack brought out in our brother Jack brought out in our in our Sunday school class. Hebrews chapter six. Let's we'll start at verse one. 
Now, this chapter is dealing with someone, a person, or a group of people. They have already learned about God's plan and purpose and have gone through the waters of baptism, come under the provisions of the shed blood of Jesus Christ, and therefore they are coveted members of his body. And they come under the provisions of the Abrahamic covenant, the Davidic covenant, and also the Edenic covenant. And we're moving, this group of people is, they're moving on. They're past that and they're moving on. Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on unto perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God, of the doctrine of baptism, and of laying on of hands, and of resurrection of the dead, and of eternal judgment. And this will we do if God permit. For it is impossible for those who were once enlightened, and have tasted of the heavenly gift, and were made partakers of the Holy Spirit, and have tasted the good word of God, and the powers of the world to come, if they shall fall away, to renew them again unto repentance, seeing they crucify to themselves the Son of God afresh, and put him to an open shame. Now, this verse, this, this is brothers and sisters who have completely deviated from the truth. They have gone away from it. They're no longer loyal to Christ or his word. And I think it would also include some some brother or sister that is trying to change whether they knowingly or ignorantly do it. They're trying to change the gospel of the kingdom of God and the name of his son. Let's go on. Verse, verse 7. For the earth, and keeping in mind our Sunday school class this morning. For the earth which drinketh in the rain that cometh off upon it, and bringeth forth herbs, meat for them by whom it is dressed, received blessing from God. But that which beareth thorns and briars is rejected, and is nigh to cursing whose end is to be burned. But, beloved, we are persuaded better things of you and things that accompany salvation, though we thus speak. Verse 10, For God is not unrighteous to forget your work and labor of love which ye have shown towards his name, in that ye have ministered to the saints and do minister. And what we discussed in Sunday school this morning, that is a part of the ministering that we as brothers and sisters in this one body are supposed to do. And we desire that every one of you do show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope unto the end. 
that ye be not slothful, but followers of them who, this last phrase is important, who through faith and patience inherit the promises. Now, there's two, right there is two fruits of the Spirit in that verse 12. Faith and patience. Faith and patience. And some of us spent some time in Hattiesburg discussing the fruits of the Spirit. If you think about a vine, and Jesus is the vine, and the branches are the brothers and sisters, and the brothers and sisters are supposed to develop these grapes, these clusters of grapes, and that's the fruits of the Spirit. And right there's two of them, right there, faith and patience. Okay. Will a knowledge of God's plan and purpose determine what we wish and hope for? Okay, let's, let's go over to 2 Timothy, the third chapter. I'll go, go back to 2 Timothy, not go over. 2 Timothy 3, start at 15. <clears throat> And that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. And I want to end that with verse 14. But continue. Verse 14. But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. Will a knowledge of God's plan and purpose determine what we wish and hope for. How can the knowledge of God and His plan influence the young women who wishes for that special man? Will she not wish for this anymore? Well, I think the young young women are going to continue to wish for this special man. But after, after understanding or gaining the knowledge of God's plan and purpose, her desire will be uh, it'll be changed somewhat. Because she will not want, require, or demand 
that he loved her more than Yahweh or his son. Yahweh and his son will become before this special man. And she will also want him to be of one mind in regard to this gospel and also many other aspects of their life. Now what about the young man and his wish for a good job? So he can have a car, a truck, a motorcycle, a bass boat, a shotgun. Well, he may still want and probably will possess some or all of these things. But after he has acquired a knowledge of God's plan and purpose, he is going to realize that these are only pleasurable, and here's the key word, temporal. Temporal, material possessions. That's what he's going to realize. There is nothing eternal about any of those things. Nothing. He will also realize that his employment will provide for him not just food, shelter, and clothing, but the financial means to do the work of the Lord. And what about parents who've learned the plan and purpose of Yahweh? They'll still want healthy children. They'll still want financial security. They'll still want a good home. They also will want to train their children in the way that they should go, hoping and praying they do not depart from it. And what about the elderly? They'll still desire long life and good health. But they'll also be looking forward to something else and that is eternal life and to be made incorruptible let's go to Genesis chapter 3 17 through 19 You know, I was gonna. I wished out I did it because the sun's all it's came out and it's 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 a lot different when it's the uh, sun shining than it is when it's cloudy. <laughs> I got a big old black umbrella and I was gonna bring it in and when I read this here, I was gonna put this big old black umbrella because there's a there's a black cloud over us, brothers and sisters. There's a black cloud, and it's caused by the sin nature. We've got this nature that's dying. And not only that, this sin nature causes us to be prone to sin. We all, we all sin. It's, uh, it's very important. It's, 
it's very important that <clears throat> when we come of the age that uh, we come become members of the body of Christ. Very important. Because it's a way to push this back cloud away from us. But it's always there. That black cloud, it's always there. It'll be there until until we die or the or the Lord return. And uh, we're going to have trials and tribulations because the earth is cursed. The earth was also cursed because of what Adam and Eve done. Turn to Genesis chapter 3 verse 17. And unto Adam he said, Because thou hast hearkened unto the voice of thy wife, and hast eaten of the tree of which I commanded thee, saying, Thou shalt not eat of it. Look at that next phrase. Cursed is the ground for thy sake. In sorrow shall thou eat of it all the days of thy life. Thorns also and thistles shall it bring forth to thee. Thou shalt eat the herb of the field. In the sweat of thy face shalt thou eat bread. There's a promise there that we'll have bread. Till thou return unto the ground, for out of it was thou taken, for dust thou art, and unto dust shalt thou return. For 6,000 years, men and women, except for Jesus Christ, you know, he was, he was resurrected from the dead, and he's alive forevermore. And he's been alive for two thousand, almost 2,000 years. For 6,000 years, men and women have lived, died, and returned to the dust. And isn't it strange, this morning in Sunday school, you mentioned, you mentioned the 23rd Psalm. Let's turn to the 23rd Psalm. Now, I, paint, I painted a pretty bad picture there, and I wish I'd have had my big black umbrella I would, have, I, held, I would have held it over my head look at verse 4 I think brother Jack mentioned this in the Sunday school yea though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death I will fear no evil for thou art with me thy rod and thy staff they comfort me the shadow of death we all live under this shadow of death. Death can take us at any time. And if it does, we'll eventually become dust. But there is hope. Romans 5.12 
Wherefore, as by one man, Adam, sin entered into the world, and death by sin. And so death passed upon all men, and for that all have sinned. Now skip over to chapter 6, verse 3. We'll read 3 3 through verse 6. Know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death? Therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. For we, for if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. Now skip over to verse 22, same chapter. <laughs> but now being made free from sin and become servants to God, ye have your fruit unto holiness and the end the end is everlasting life. Verse 23, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our, our, our Lord. In Christ is how we push this black cloud away. It's always there, but we we push it away through Christ. Let's turn to Hebrews, the second chapter. Verse 14. For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he, Jesus Christ, also himself likewise took part of the same, that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is, the devil, or, as we know, that sin in the flesh. Verse 15. And deliver them who through fear of death, fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. You know, you know it's uh, we live in a time when people have got so far away from Yahweh's uh, plan and purpose. 
the gospel of the kingdom and the name that they don't even they don't even fear death anymore. They don't understand the power of death. Sixteen. For verily he took not on him the nature of angels, but he took upon him the seed of Abraham. Wherefore in all things it behooved him to be made like unto his brethren, to be made like us, like we are, that he might be a merciful, going back to our Sunday school class, that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God, to make reconciliation for the sins of the people. Now you talk about a blessing. We are truly blessed to make reconciliation for the sins of the people. For in that he himself has suffered being tempted, he is able to succor them that are tempted. Well, there may be a lot of brothers and sisters that are not able to be forgiving, but we know that we know that uh, Jesus Christ and His Father can. And before uh, before I stop, I want to go to Isaiah fifty-five seven. Fifty-five seven, and I hope everybody here never forgets this verse. Verse 6 and 7, chapter 55 of Isaiah. I want everybody to... And it goes along so well with the Sunday school this morning. And also with, uh, with, uh, with what I've been talking about this morning. Verse 6, Isaiah 55. Seek ye the Lord... While he may be found, found, call ye upon him while he is near. And look at verse seven. Let the wicked forsake his way. Now this is this is a brother or sister, or it can even be a uh, someone that's uh, that's not in covenant relationship. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts, and let him return unto the Lord, and he will have mercy upon him, and to our God, and look at that, for he will abundantly pardon. Brothers and sisters may not pardon, but Yahweh and his Son will. Now let's go back to Psalms 23. Psalms 23. And we're going to end with Psalms 23. See, I've been talking for 40 minutes. Can anybody remember... What I started off with. (laughs) It's only been 40 minutes. What's the main thing behind this? Will a knowledge of God's plan and purpose determine what we wish and hope for? Like I said, it should. 
It should. And it it should show in our lives. It should show in our lives. Okay, Psalms 23. <clears throat> Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside, not turbulent, but still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for His name's sake. What kind of path are we following? Is it righteous? Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. And these are words about Christ here. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Now, verse 6. Now, this, this verse can apply to King David. It can apply to our elderly brother, Jesus Christ. And it can apply to you and me. You and me. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Will a knowledge of God's plan and purpose determine what we wish and hope for? Are we seeking goodness and mercy? You've got to seek it. If we don't seek goodness and mercy, there's, it's not going to be in our life. It will not be there. You've got to seek it. I've got to seek it. And look at look at the end result. I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Now, I mentioned a while ago the fruits of the Spirit. Now this goodness, that's really godliness. Surely goodness and mercy... If you want to have goodness and mercy, if we want to have goodness and mercy in our lives, then we're going to have to we're going to have to have goodness and mercy within us and we're going to have to apply it. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forevermore, and all this is accomplished in and through Jesus Christ. Wishing and hoping Thank you.